let me uh, take, give you my background here. Yes. Take a minute, and then you'll see what we're talking about. I've been in this business uh, since 1978. Long time. Which was, that was before database marketing got going. <laughs> and uh, we built our first database with Compact Computer in 85, and then we did two for Nestle, and, and uh, we, we were at it for a long time. Um, and in the beginning, we used some techniques and one of the first ones was RFM, and which is still valid and very useful today, which is based on, on how, what, your cust what customers have purchased from you recently yeah. and, uh, and then most frequently and, and how much do they spend. Yeah. So we, we developed that, and, and I was very successful with that. And then I discovered lifetime value, which was also a very useful technique. And based on those two techniques, basically, I started writing books, and I've written uh, nine books on uh, uh, on database marketing since that time. Oh yeah. Um, and uh, then in the, in in '93, I started giving seminars. I gave 28 two-day seminars uh, with two, 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 a total of 1,400 uh, marketers from uh, all sorts of different uh, areas of the country, and. and and from all, just about all of the major well-known companies uh, came to these seminars. So then, then gradually we shifted over into email marketing because that was the new thing that came along after 1998, really 2000. Yeah, yeah, 2000 and we found that, that um, some, a lot of the things that apply to database marketing also apply to email marketing, Certainly. but we got a whole bunch of new things that came along. Uh, everybody thought, as you said, that it was great because it'd be so inexpensive to send mail. So this would be a, a, a big advantage. Well, it's also a big disadvantage because all of your competitors find it's very inexpensive to send mail. Yes, exactly. Uh, and so everybody is sending more mail than people can really handle. And the problem today is, is that your inbox is filled with mail because everybody finds it so cheap to send. Yes. Um, but we, in developing some of the techniques, of what I'm always looking for is what are the techniques that work. Uh, one of the, the things that I think is most important is the off-email multiplier. And what that means is this, that, that when, you, uh, uh, when you get an email, well, you can do several things. You can actually click on it and buy something right then and there. Or you can think about it and, and compare the prices with everybody else and then, and then possibly buy from somebody else just because you got that email from one person. It makes you think and then you buy, buy the product, but not from them. Uh, but also, it means that you can get, get in your car and go to a store and buy the product directly rather than taking it from the email. Um, so what happens is there are a whole bunch of things that people do because they get an email, which are not reflected in the results of the email. In other words, people go out and and uh, and uh, drive to a store or pick up the phone and order something. And when you go into a store to buy something, Kirk doesn't say, "Did you come here because of our email?" Nobody ever says that. No, they no. just sell them the product. Yeah. So uh, it, it, people don't realize how important the the uh, off email multiplier is. And we then developed the, the need that to determine the, the value, the lifetime value of a subscriber. And I worked for eDialog and in, uh, for four years, and we developed a monthly report that showed all uh, total 90 different clients 
what their monthly, what their value of their subscribers was. And that was a very useful technique because it's based upon what they spend and what you assume the uh, off-email multiplier is. And it, 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 it enables you then, once you realize what a subscriber's worth, to figure out how to get more subscribers. And we developed then a, uh, a plan for um, uh, coming up with additional subscribers because you, you use a total of about 40 different techniques. And using those techniques, then you could increase the number of subscribers and you could sell your chief financial officer, which is always the problem for these email people, um, on using these additional techniques because if you know what the value of the subscribers is, then you can get more, you can uh, 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 justify spending money on additional techniques to get more because you can say, look, if we spend $197,000, uh, we'll get $4.5 million in, in additional revenue. So that kind of thing really works, and, and that's what I've been doing. Cool. So that that's what helps, uh, obviously, as you had mentioned, you got to sell the uh, the chief financial officer there sometimes in terms of actually getting these things implemented. Um, in, in terms of, and clearly, again, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with your your background and history, although I think it is going to be helpful for the folks that you know tune in or read the article or what have you to get an idea of, uh, of where you've been and the size of the grandeur of the companies that you've worked with, um, some or many of the companies that we have on board are, are you know smaller, newer. They're just kind of uh, getting uh, up and running in terms of building an email list, selling their initial products, building uh, a swath of initial customers and prospects. Um, what what for for them? What advice for someone like them would you have? They're they're just maybe let's say they have. 400 people in an email list and you know every single day they're adding more and more and every single month they're adding more and more um, w- and, and let's say they're selling to consumers who knows what they're selling a, a consumer robotics tool of some sort uh, some kind of home uh, human biome test kind of like 23andMe you know genetic testing at home sort of wh- whatever it might be um, they're, they're building a big old database that they're just starting from scratch what principles should, should they be bearing in mind early on uh, and what should they be maybe testing early on or going with as a as a baseline early on to make sure that they can see success moving forward um, it, with with email? What advice would you have for a newer company that really needed to make email profitable and they're just getting started? Well, one of the things that I would do uh, to right off the bat is have birthday emails and tell people that if they join their subscriber list, they'll get an email on their birthday that will give them something that nobody else gets. Uh, birthday emails have a response rate of 60%, whereas most emails have less than 10%. So uh, you want to do something that will make them respond, and I think birthdays is one thing. Uh, another thing that works uh, terrific, and it, it, it takes work to do it, but it's worth it, is ratings and reviews. Is to get people who bought a product to, to give you a rating uh, of, of that product. Now, what happens is, is that people, if you put it then on your website, and you for each product you say, well, how it's rated, and then you have a bunch of reviews on there that people can read, or that improves sales more than anything else because people read those reviews, and once they're stuck reading reviews, then they then they go ahead and buy it a lot more than if you don't have reviews on okay, there. Okay, got it. So that's that's it. A solid best practice, and I think especially for a newer company, right? If it's a newer product, and 
you don't have a ton of reviews already because you're newer, um, you know, all, all the better to, to have that many more friendly reviews from people who have bought. So bringing them back afterwards and saying, hey, you know, let us know what you thought about this. Uh, birthdays, I, I like, well, I like the idea of birthday. You know, I think some people would think that birthday would be specific to, I don't know, maybe they'd think it'd be specific to B2C or something like that. But it's interesting that birthday can just be a plug and play sort of a, uh, an approach. And, and it's, it's almost surprising, although maybe not too surprising to me that you're, you know, generally speaking, you'll see a 60% open rate on birthdays. That's, that's making me, uh, making me want to get more birthday things going on in there. Um, and uh, it, it, anything else in addition to birthdays? So birthdays a nice plug and play tool. I like that. So hey, uh, no matter what well, your darn another, business, another yeah. one is contest. Uh, you should have a contest on your website uh, always. And the way you enter the contest is by opening your email. You don't have to buy anything. You just open your email. So what happens to if you have a contest where people can win something? Uh, people then will open their email just to be in the contest. And then one of the big problems with email is the open rate is, is, is 10% or less. So you're, you're, you can jump your open rate from 10% to 20% by just having a contest. So this, this really works out. Huh. Um, yeah, what are, what, are some, uh, what are some good examples of contests that you've seen in the past for different businesses? I'm, I'm thinking uh, to myself that you know, it would seem as though maybe there's some examples uh, – or there's there's some businesses that might be a little bit more conducive, but I can see that it would be sort of plug and play. Um, give us maybe an example of, of some time that you've seen that really successfully implemented. Well, Godiva Chocolates has contests. Uh, they, they all, all sorts of companies have contests that work. Um, the uh, even a utility, for instance, Duke Energy has a contest. Uh, dress companies have contests. The, um, uh, the uh, all kinds of sweepstakes that people have. And you can you think of anything you want, and uh, and people will come to you if you want them to come to your website regularly. A contest will work better than almost anything. Cool. Okay, got it. Um, so check out Godiva Chocolates potentially, or some of those other companies that. That uh, will run contests frequently, and then people have to obviously. Southwest Airlines has contests. La Perla uh, is a dress company has this contest. Shores, all kinds of companies have contests, and, and there's really no no limit to that. You could anybody that wants to get regular traffic on their website should do that. Now another thing that definitely you need to do is to uh, is to look at your own website. One of the problems is that. The, there are two groups of people that are setting up the website. There's usually a committee uh, in the company that's, that's setting up the website. People say, well, we want to present our brand. We want our brand to look great. Um, and then, uh, so they say, you know, these your little boxes saying sign up for emails. That cracks up the, the appearance of the uh, website. Well, that, that's the whole reason there. You, you need those little boxes, and you need to encourage people, and you need to give them some benefit. Uh, like free shipping or something that will encourage them to be on the mailing list. Yes. So that this is uh, uh, so. What you should do, and, and I've come up with a scoring system, is for everybody to score their own website on how user friendly they are, how encourage, how much they encourage people to sign up for email. So uh, uh, that that is an important thing, and you will find that in a lot of companies you get a lot of resistance. 
still doing things, putting things on the website to encourage you to sign up. But that is the name of the game and needs to be done. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, I, you know, it's, it's the, classic, uh, the classic clash of the direct response folks uh, versus the, the branding folks of sort of the intangible professionalism benefit, which probably shouldn't be, you know, totally neglected. But then also, of course, the, the measurable, le- tangible, how many people land, how many people opt in, what do they buy after they opt in type of benefits, um, which, of course, is, is what we're speaking to right now. Um, so, okay, so, so contests as well as a general best practice, being able to find ways to pull that off to, to collect a ton of different email addresses and get people engaged with email. Um, when somebody has, let's say, I'm just talking out loud here, let's say we have a company and they're, they're selling um, some, some sort of you know, consumer electronic device and they're a new startup company and they have maybe t- uh, ten or 20,000 folks on an email uh, list somewhere. And and they're and they're they they're somewhat tagged and tracked in terms of who's a buyer, who's not. When did they buy? How many times did they bought? Where do they live? Uh, things things along those lines. Maybe not super rich. You know, what's your father's middle name? You know, what's your favorite color? But you know, we understand some basic things about them. Maybe birthday as well. Um, in, in terms of you know many many marketing uh, procedures, programs, the businesses that that I implement email with anyway. There's some kind of front-end automation after they buy, after they become a prospect. There's some kind of front-end automation that's, that's really a yellow brick road to get them to take a particular action. But after a certain while, they kind of end up in that general bucket list, that general database. Um, and, then, and then a business uh, like this consumer electronics business, they got 10, 20,000 people, and they have to come up with some kind of a regimen to regularly reach out to, aim to solicit business from, and aim to get engagement from this list. You know, you've yeah. probably seen plenty of businesses that don't do anything except for a big, ugly, general uh, newsletter that goes out every month, looks exactly the same to everybody, no specific calls to action. What are, what's a better way than that to keep people engaged? What's a better way than the big, ugly, swathing monthly uh, newsletter to, to stay engaged with those subsegs and really drum up business from a fat database of prospects and clients? Yeah. Well, of course, the things I've been talking about are part of that. Big uh, time. You, yeah, of you, course. You, you know, when, you, when you have your, your monthly or, or weekly or daily email, um, if you have a way, well, for one thing, for instance, people are always changing their emails. And once they change their email, then all the people that, that have, all the companies that have that email, they will find that they people aren't there anymore. What you want to do is on your website, make it very easy to change your email. Say, are you changing your email? And then right away, uh, capture the new address because there's about 20% of your people that you lose every year that you can keep if you have that that system. Another thing is very rapid response to any input that you get from people. Uh, Don't wait. Don't wait a week. Don't wait several days. Ideally, if somebody is, uh, is, is responding to an email or on your website, they should hear from you within the hour of the, their, whatever it is they're clicking on doing. So don't wait till tomorrow because then they, they forget that they were even on your website before. Yep. So uh, you, you've, got to, you've got to set a system that you don't say, well, well every month we're going to pick up all the people that we heard from last month and send them. No, it's got all the people you heard from five minutes ago should hear from you right away. Yes. So you've got to set up a system to do that. 
Yeah, big, big time. And, and of course, I'd agree. Yeah, I think, again, um, most businesses, I'll, I'll use, you know, I could use one of my businesses, for example, you know, where I used to run until we sold it, uh, a physical martial arts gym uh, in, in Rhode Island. And when people would opt in, um, you know, I mean, we, we would call them right away. They'd get a string of Geez, I mean, you know, they'd get two months worth of emails talking about testimonials from other clients, uh, giving them unique and different offers to come in and get a free T-shirt for a free class, uh, you know, asking them to bring friends, um, showing them cool instructional videos and educational content that might entice them, things along those lines. And those were all segmented out by program, so we knew exactly who we're talking to, you know, what's the gender, what what uh, benefits are they looking for, and then all the emails are tailored for that. And then after, let's say three months, those automated emails kind of die. And, uh, and that, that fellow is not exactly receiving automated emails, at which point we set up some kind of a circulation regimen where uh, once, once every uh, week or so, we would take a given sub-segment, so maybe it would be males over 40 who are in the bucket, uh, the big bucket list. Maybe it would be all female leads who, uh, who haven't showed up. Maybe it'd be people who booked appointments but didn't show in the last two months. And, um, and we would hit that sub-segment with a particular broadcast email calling out and speaking exactly to them. So I know L.L. Bean, for example, what do they, mail a magazine every two months or something like that? Or does that differ? It probably differs a lot depending on how often people buy. I imagine maybe they're doing the RFM kind of thing. Yes, they are, they are using RFM. Uh, they, I went up there several times and talked to them. Uh, one of the things that is important in this are transaction emails. Um, you know, uh, for instance, uh, rental car, Avis, uh, uh, when people call up and they rent a car, but they're not on the mailing list. They just are calling up to rent a car. Well, uh, be sure that in your email that you sent back to them saying your car is going to be ready on April 22nd, it also says, and sign up now for, uh, for email so you hear from us regularly, and uh, give them a reason for doing that. In other words, not just so you can hear from us, but the, uh, some special thing that you're going to get if you sign up for email so that they, you, you've got to decide whether it's free shipping, whether it's a special uh, connect we talked about for birthdays. Whatever it is, find a way always of rewarding and making people who are on your email mailing list uh, get better with better uh, things from you than people who are not on the mailing list. Yeah, they're they're privy to specific benefits. Um, so, and and I, I like that coming up with unique calls to action during any kind of transaction. So, any sort of interaction, how can you entice people for good reason to stay quote unquote plugged in, to stay in touch, to stay uh, again, uh, you know, connected via email so that they can receive reg- regular communication. Um, I, I would right. completely completely agree. Um, to the LL Bean point, because I know you had mentioned you'd been up there. Um, LL Bean, I, I can imagine, you know, they don't send out promotions when they think of a good promotion. They have pr- some semblance of a ritual and regimen in, in a given, let's say, 12-month period. They know they're going to do about X number of seasonal magazines. They know that there's certain subsegments that are interested in XYZ, QRS, uh, and they're going to roll out a big marketing plan based on the seasons, based on their frequency of mailing, based on those sort of things. Um, and they're going to tailor that to different people in the database. It would seem to me 
that a startup or any other business that has an email list of five figures or even four figures should, should if they're smart, think about over the course of 12 months, I got a big bucket of people. How often, generally speaking, do I reach out to everybody and what do I do when I reach out to everybody and how do I pluck out these specific sub-segments and communicate specifically to them? What are the best practices to do that? L.L. Bean very clearly has general mailings of general uh, 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 catalogs that they'll send out and then they probably have very specific mailings for people that you know are hikers or backpackers or skiers or whatever and, and maybe they buy a lot of those things and maybe they'll get extra pamphlets, extra postcards, extra calls to action for specific types of products. Um, how might a business with a big email list model some of those best practices and really regimens? Because for me, it's not just tactics. It's not just every now and again type of things. It's regimens. It's, it's militant. It's, it's a plan. It happens over the course of a year. How can they model the L.L. Bean uh, regimens? How can anybody with a big email list take, take uh, you know, lessons from L.L. Bean's kind of um, schedule of, of reach out? And you're getting really into database marketing. Yeah, yeah. You have a database, and you know something about people. You know where they live, and uh, then you can have an email for only people that live in Iowa. Or yeah, and, you exactly. Know, you can twelve and twenty fifty fifty states, but everybody gets an email for everybody that lives in Wisconsin. You know, so uh, <laughs> you 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 can break it down, and you can also know about ages, uh, college students. For instance, should not get the same mail that senior citizens get. Uh, you don't just have um, this is a, a marsh mailing, and it's going to be for everybody. No, the college students get different mail because they don't they buy different things from people who are senior citizens. So you got to find out who who these people are that are on your mailing list and whether they are senior citizens or college students or whatever. So that is a, a way of identifying the people uh, with what they want, and then. They know who they are, and so you can say this is something for uh, that we've set especially for college students, or this is something especially for people who have children, young children. Uh, you know, so take your database and break it down, and then break your your website down. So it's obviously break your emails down. So that obviously it's something just for them and not for everybody. Yeah, got it. Um, so, and 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 what is some general advice that you have for? best practices in terms of breaking up uh, an email list. Of course, it's going to differ business to business. You know, it's going to differ on their interests. It's going to differ on their buying habits. It's going to differ on their age and demographics, as you had mentioned. In terms of safe places to start, in terms of making those differentiations, because I can very easily see somebody saying, man, there's 8 million things that differentiate these humans on my list. Um, you know, how am I going to break them up? How am I going to sub-seg them? Um, what, are, what are some of the fundamental... Uh, categories that you find most useful when it comes to breaking up and subsegging a bigger mailing or a bigger uh, routine reach out? Well, what you need to do is, of course, test. Yes. You're constantly testing new things. And this idea of saying for all the people who live in Iowa and you send the people in Iowa, whether that may work, it may not work. And you want to constantly be comparing what we tried last month and what response rate we got to that with what we're going to try this month. And some of the things that work for one company great will not work for another company. And you, one of the things you should always do is sign up for all of your competitors' emails and study them because 
you 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 learn new things from other people, and, and people should not be just looking at their own thing. They should say, what are our competitors doing, and how can we copy that technique? Um, so this is, this is one of the, the big things that you should be subscribing to at least 10 other uh, companies' emails to, so that uh, you know uh, what they're doing, and you can, you can do some of that. Big time. Uh, you know, I, I, I completely agree. I think that that's advantageous, and in nearly any business, if nothing else, it gives you ideas. And if you're really sharp about it, you might even be able to figure out what's really a winner for them. You know, if, especially if it's if it's something like mailers or, or something where they have to spend money, you can assume there's a little bit of testing going into that. It might give you an idea of some best practices. Um, and, and to that point, and, and actually the last question that I had uh, written down here for you, Arthur, was um, had to do with mailing and calls. You know, I think a lot of startup companies in, in the tech space they you know that they don't necessarily reach out into the world of phone and mail physical mail very often and i know a lot of the traditional direct response folks and the more sophisticated marketers will say you know mail doesn't cost per se mail is an investment and if mail is a winner more than just email alone then it's not an expense, then it's actually a magnifier of your customer lifetime value or it's, or it's a, a more effective tool to uh, extract uh, uh, or to do business with people. You know, if, if it makes sense to, uh, you know, if, if you, it might seem like, oh, geez, you know, when I send out 20,000 emails, it costs me only X amount of cents or whatever it costs. Um, but when I send out even a thousand mailers, it's going to cost me two thousand dollars. But if that's going to pull out so much more business than email alone would have done, then it would be worth it. What are some of the the safe and maybe less risky ways of integrating phone and physical mail uh, with email in a database marketing strategy? If a startup is getting sophisticated, they have a big list, they're profitable with email. How should they start plugging in mail or start thinking about plugging in phone? To, a, a, to implement a richer or better database marketing strategy? Well, the thing is that you have all of these techniques available. So you've got mail, you've got email, and you also have a, a phone because a lot of people want to get uh, texts on their phones or, or other messages. So yep. you want to figure out each for each person and, and let the people tell you do they want to get phone messages, do they want to get uh, direct mail, or do they want to get email. Uh, so you should be constantly testing and seeing what kind of response rate did I get to the last direct mail or to the last email. Now, one of the problems is that too much email, a lot of people get too much. And one of the things that you is very important is to figure out what to do with people who want to unsubscribe. They, they got too many and they want to unsubscribe. Well, uh, one of the first things you want to do, reason people unsubscribe is, because not, is usually not because they're not interested in your product. It's because they're sick of getting so much mail. So everybody wants to unsubscribe. You've got to offer them the choice of once a month uh, to, to, to make sure that they don't go away. Yeah, don't so go all the way away. you yeah. invest money in thinking of a, a good way of handling people that want to unsubscribe uh-huh. that is, so that you don't lose them forever. Okay, yeah. Um, and and who who does this well? You know, I've seen that a bunch of times uh, when somebody tries to unsubscribe. You know, you'll see something like, "Oh, wait a second. Um, you know, click here to just remain connected to our monthly newsletter, and you won't get any other emails or promotions." 
Um, right. So I occasionally well, I, I see can't that. tell you because uh, of I, I know that a lot of people do it, and it's, it's very valuable. So uh, anybody can do it. You just have to figure out what is, whether it is helping you. you look at, one of the things you've got to look at every month is what are your unsubscribe rates and uh, who are these people. And uh, often you can go back to them and say, we know you unsubscribe, but just tell us a little bit about yourself and why you unsubscribe. A lot of people will respond to that. They like they like the idea of it, that you know, being, being, instead of this being the, the regular monthly uh, sell-it-all newsletter, it, it's a personal message saying, we, we, we want your help. A lot of times that will turn, you can turn people around by that and get them to be really loyal people. Huh. Cool. I like it. Um, yeah, especially, uh, especially if they're buyers. If, if they're buyers at a decent level... And and then they unsubscribe. I mean, you might be losing a, a good amount of money. And if, if even if it's a manual action, if you can reach out to them and say, "Hey, Jeff, I noticed blah blah blah," um, that that of course uh, I can see how, as you were saying, that could bring in that loyalty factor and and keep people involved and engaged at a little bit of a higher level. I I, I like that default of having a monthly uh, a monthly level of interaction. Um, I think that you know. It's probably you know I've seen it done with sophisticated emails. I, I'd like to say most businesses are not doing that, so I think that that's a a more than useful and implementable tip. Um, so I appreciate that too. It, 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 on a final on a final note here with regard to mail, as you had said, you got to be testing. You have to be trying all sorts of things. If if a if a business is is new to mail, they've been doing email for a while. Like you said, email is very inundated, so they want to start uh, varying their marketing media, which would be text. Uh, calls, email, mail, those are the marketing media. If they want to start varying this and, and integrating mail, what's a, what's a safe route to do a mailer that they're less likely to just tank and bomb all their money on? You know, It would seem as though your most, uh, most recent purchasers or most frequent purchasers, maybe those are people you send out your first mailing to just to see if you can get something to be a winner. What sort of advice would you do for a first physical mailing test when someone's about to, to drop dollars on postage? Everything should be tested, and you should be not testing one time. You test every single mailing, every single month. Yeah. Do something a little different and see if that makes a difference and figure out if what you did really makes a difference. And it's a, it's a constant process. Also, the fact that you're subscribing to your competitors' emails, uh, see what they're doing and see if some of the techniques that they're doing would work for you or wouldn't work for you. So it's a, part, it's, it's a business of, of never-ending testing because what works this year may not work next year because people have gotten used to it and they're sick of it and they don't care anymore. So uh, you, you want to constantly uh, be testing. Got it. Okay. So, yeah, that never-ending vigilance, obviously, of an of a intelligent marketer needs to sort of stay in place. And, and I, I also like the idea of being able to... Uh, to um, nab some some uh, some ideas from competitors uh, lists as well not just paying attention to them and and thinking about them but plucking a few and going ahead and running them and see if they are in yeah. fact winners if they Feel their ideas as much as you can yeah yeah why why uh why count on being the genius yourself all the time so uh very very good advice and and more than useful for likely any startup who's tuned in 
uh, listen to us today. If, if Arthur, if, if folks want to learn more about you, you know, I found out about you through through your main website, and obviously you have a number of books out there. Where's the best place for people to to reach out and get in touch? Well, I mean, it's true with me. It's, it's just to go to the website because there's a lot of material on there. Um, I am right now. I'm into another field. I'm not doing database marketing right now, so uh, or email marketing. Yeah. But um, they, there's a lot of stuff on the on the uh, website. Yeah. What was the URL there again? I forget the URL. I don't have it up right now. It's a, a DB market. It's www. Yep. marketing. Com. Yep, dbmarketing.com. Got it. Yep, and that, there's, I know you have a speech and presentation there, a number of articles up there, as well as uh, additional, you know, resources from books or whatever else to, to, for people right. to dig into. Yep, that's actually, that's where I got my first book on uh, database marketing myself. So, uh, so uh-huh. cool stuff. And, and anybody who's interested in email marketing, I, I you know, I, I think it's seen as maybe older school. But I'm I'm certainly a recommender of, of your site and page. And Arthur, I, I more than appreciate you taking the 35 minutes to, to share some of your insights today. All right. Hey, thanks for tuning in, guys. If you're an entrepreneur or a future thinker uh, with an interest in businesses, transitions, or technologies that have the potential to alter human potential, then make sure you check out techemergence.com. It's our main blog site where you can see all of our other interviews with uh, top startup leaders, uh, entrepreneurship experts, and folks in the domain of technology, cutting-edge emerging technology. Uh, if you have a particular interest in how technology can affect the future of human consciousness and our conscious experience, then be sure to also check out sentientpotential.com. There we explore a lot of the ethical considerations and really serious moral matters of emerging technologies, in addition to interviews with great philosophers and technology experts of our day. Uh, more than anything else, always feel free to reach out if you can find us via email. Um, you can reach out to us there or whatever other way. Find us on the blog. Be sure to drop comments. We believe that the serious f- uh, conversation about the future is not only open-minded, but also interdisciplinary and multifaceted. So we'd like nothing more than be able to glean your ideas as well. Uh, so with that being said, with the best of intentions for a brilliant future, this is Dan Fagella signing off. And we'll see you next week.